Welcome to CritterCast, episode 59, our unofficial season two. My name is Karina. My name is Cassie. And we are your co-hosts of this most wonderful, wild, wacky, weird podcast all about critters, animals all over the world, big and small. It's been a hot minute, but we're back and we're so excited today to talk about fox turtles. Woohoo! It's Cassie and Karina and we're at it again, sharing cool facts about our animal friends. We make stupid jokes and we laugh a lot, but we also like to learn, so give us a shot. We'll talk about snails and their tweezer teeth, or gush about our love of manatees. We'll tell you why owls are so scary to us, and there's tons more critters that we'll discuss. We promise to make sure you'll have a blast, because you're listening to Critter. Perfection. Utter perfection. No, stop it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now truly perfection. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Cassie. Hi. Hi. Hello. It's delightful to virtually see you. It is delightful to virtually see you too. Life. Wow. Wow. What a turn um, the world has taken. Uh, for yeah. us here at CritterCast, especially for everyone listening all around the world, I'm sure the world looks very different now than it looked a few months ago. Um, it's been, it's definitely been a hot minute since we... And when you say, episode. when you say a hot minute, yeah. you are so right because it has been hot. Hot. And when I say minute, um, time is meaningless <laughs> in 2020. So I think it's been several weeks, but honestly, it could have also only been a minute and I wouldn't know. It could be three years. Yeah. That's How long is 2020 too. anyway? Do we Nobody know? Knows. We don't know. No. So, you know, we're not really here to make excuses. We made, you know, a promise to ourselves and to our listeners to make bi-weekly episodes, but it just didn't happen for quite a while there. Pandemic world, friends. Uh, and then, and then, of course, you know, if you follow us on social media, you saw the announcement. If you don't follow us on social media, firstly, get on that. Why? Good stuff. It's been yeah. quiet for a while, but we post some good stuff. We do. Um, unfortunately, Basil, our leopard gecko that was, you know, he's the, the little gecko that you see drawn in our logo and across a lot of our merchandise and branding. Um, passed away a few weeks ago, um, probably a few months ago now. It's been, a, it's been times weird. Um, it's really hard to tell. Yeah. yeah. And that was super unexpected for us. And Basil really, was really only, sad. Only a couple years old. We expected to be able to celebrate many, many years with him. Um, and it just, it was really hard to focus on our love of critters and, um, and making this podcast that really would not have become a thing without him. Yeah. Um, so it was really tough, but we didn't want to let CritterCast go. We love making this show for you guys. We love, you know, it's a way for us now that we're no longer roommates to force ourselves to virtually meet, you know. Wait, you force yourself <laughs> to hang out with me? Well, just, wow. you know, like, don't you get tired of Zoom after, like, teaching on Zoom all day? So tired of so, Zoom. So, like, it, it motivates us to, yes. like, fire up that Zoom, you know? So, and to for me to fire up those research skills, because girl knows if I don't have a reason, I just won't learn anything new, and I will become a vegetable. <laughs> an eggplant, I think. An eggplant is maybe more likely because of my purple sweatshirt. You are wearing a purple sweatshirt. I am yes. wearing a purple sweatshirt. Um, and I think I might be quite delicious to my little friend here that I have with me. 
That's right. We have found some new inspiration, right? And we are, which is just what we needed in our lives and in the podcast, just a fun little segue to the animal we're talking about. As we already told you prior to our fun theme song, we are talking about box turtles today. Yay. Yay. So we're, we're going, we're kind of going back to our roots to, to those reptiles that we love so much and, Mm -hmm. and to reptiles that inhabit our home. So today we are joined by Gertrude, the ornate box turtle, who is an unknown age, uh, probably a few years, but it's hard to tell. Um, impossible to tell. We'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, she is a, a captive, you know, owned turtle. She's a, she's the new member of the Critter Cast family. We didn't Yay. really intend to get any new reptiles for a hot minute, but um, that's my favorite phrase today, apparently. I, uh, I can tell. The fun yeah. one. Um, we didn't intend to, you know, we were kind of had a really good little number of our critter cast crew but um w- losing basil and then this this little turtle just kind of fell into my life and then i would say she, fell into cassie's life she waddled into your <laughs> life yeah she just kind yes. of uh, she ran full speed really actually turtle yes. full speed um yep which so, is faster than you would think, my friends. <laughs> surprisingly. So we did we did go ahead and add a member to the CritterCast crew. Not a replacement for Basil no, by never. far. That's not how pets work. But Impossible. Um, definitely helping us to heal our, our poor, sad little hearts. So yeah. Gertrude is here with us to help us learn all about box turtles. Yay. So fun. I love box turtles so much. Karina, I have a question for you. Do you yes. think that... Um, Gertie, Gertrude's yeah. nickname. Do you mm-hmm. think that Gertie is, you said she's an ornate box turtle. Mm-hmm. There's two different main um, types of box turtles. There's mm-hmm. Asian box turtles and North American box turtles. Mm-hmm. Do you have a guess as to which one she is? Um, I. It's a very, very educated guess, mm-hmm. aka I'm 99% sure. Literally right. guessing. Right, uh-huh. because of the you know because of the research that I did before yes. I procured this turtle. North American. <laughs> That would be my guess as well. And it's not that difficult to tell because actually the North American and the the Asian box turtles are not super closely related. Yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely significantly more species of North American box turtle Mm -hmm. than of Asian box turtle. Um, But yes, ornate box turtles are a Western North American species. Perfect. Very cool. So a lot of the research that I did today, we kind of broke up our research today Mm -hmm. because we wanted to talk both about just what are box turtles? What's your deal? Box turtles? Right. What you doing? What's up? Yeah. How, how you been? Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? What makes you, you? Right. What up? Um, And then we also wanted to talk about what up with you when you need to care for a box turtle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, like to do, if we're going to talk about animals that are kept as pets, we yes. got to talk about it and how exactly. to do it right and how to not do it. Like <laughs> Right. And because one of, one of the reasons that we do critter cast is that we love to be able to help people welcome new types of critters into their home in ways that work best for both the people in the home and the critters in the home. We always think it's important to talk about, and it's super fun to mm-hmm. research, for me at least. <laughs> I, I find I know. of it fun. Especially when they relate to you getting a new critter in your family. Exactly. Because then I've just already done the research, you know? Exactly. So we love to find out, you know, how to make their lives the best lives 
that they can have in captivity with us. Right. Yep. Yep. So a lot of the research that I did today is on, and we're going to mostly focus on the North American box turtles. And in specific, a ton of the research that's available online talks a lot about the Eastern box turtles because they um, tend to be a little bit more um, vulnerable population wise. Mm -hmm. So, so there's been a little bit more that zoos and other sorts of programs are doing to sustain their communities. So we'll talk about that a little bit more too. So box turtles get their name from the shape and function of their shell. Unsurprisingly. Very little things. Yeah, they're really cool. So they have a really high dome um, on the top. The top part of their shell is, that's the carapace is that top part. And that's really highly domed up. And then the lower part of their shell, which is called the plastron, has this kind of like hinge in it, which means that they can clamp. There it is. Hi, Gertie, Gertie. You got a little plastron. So when they um when they are needing to defend themselves or they're scared, they can pull themselves fully into their shell and into their shell and clamp it closed like a box. Right. Therefore, the incredibly creative name, box turtle. I mean, I love a name that just describes exactly what it is. Does what it says on the tin. It is a turtle that looks and acts like a box. There you go. Except for a fast box. Yes. A speedy box. That loves to eat strawberries. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. There you go. So both of the shells, the upper shell, the carapace, and the plaster on the lower shell, are generally dark brown to... uh, even black. Mm -hmm. And then the subspecies and the individuals have a variety of different streaks, spots, and lines of yellow or orange, and sometimes even orange edging into red color. Yeah. Lots of really fun patterning um, across lots of species. Um, Ornates are a personal favorite of mine, as Mm -hmm. you might guess, because they have a very fancy pattern. Are they ornate? They are. They are fancy. I love a fancy Wait, turtle. Karina, are they ornate or not? Ornate. I'm so <laughs> I knew where that pun was trying to go. And I, I trying tried Trying to-, to go. That was an A plus pun. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. Super judgy. Okay, uh, a, quick, a quick hot um, insert here, because I actually think now thinking back to it, this is the first turtle that we've talked about, um, which. How is that possible? Right. Episode 59. And we're just getting to turtles. Oh, my um, goodness. It's, we have. There's so much. There's so, so many much. to talk about. Um, I just, you know, we wanted to make it clear to people that the, the shell of a turtle is is them. It's not a house that they live in. It is part of their body. They're fully connected to it. You know, there's not like a little naked turtle on the inside of the shell. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll talk about that more probably when we talk about the care of turtles and what definitely not to let your kids do Mm -hmm. um, to your turtles. But yeah, they're not like, it's not like a hermit crab where you can provide different sorts of cool shells and houses for them to move into. right that that this the health of their shell is their health yeah and that's what that's that's I think what what messes people up a little bit with box turtles and that hinge on their on their plastron yeah because a lot of people like aren't capable of they just don't have a good 
thank you, ma'am. They don't have a good grasp of like what a turtle shell is. And it's, it's a yeah. part of their body that feels and um, has nerves and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So it having, a, it is still unique to box turtles, that hinge that they can close up. No other turtle species can do that. Yeah. Um, but stop trying to eat my chopsticks. That's not a worm. <laughs> um, but, you know, it helps put it a little bit more into perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like if you could make your fingernails hinge around your whole hand. Uh, <laughs> sure, it's yeah. fine. Just go with it. It totally yes. works. Yeah. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Older box turtles often have more both kind of deeper grooves in their boxes or in their shells, and they mm-hmm. also have a little bit more wearing on their shells too. Yep. Because they've, you know, they've moved around a lot. They've scraped against trees. They've scraped against other turtles doing the nasty, you know. They, you know, been doing the, the turtle life. thing. The Just turtle doing thing. their thing. So there, yeah. you can, that's maybe an indicator of how old um, generally right. a turtle might be is how brightly colored they are because they, they tend to be more brightly colored when they're younger mm-hmm. and they tend to have, um, more natural texture in their shell right. when they're younger yeah. and then more more wear as they get right. older and yeah. less variation in color. Male box turtles tend to have particularly brightly colored heads, necks, and legs um, that come more in shades of yellow and orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, there's a lot of um, misconception around there that the red eyes that you see in some box turtles are exclusive to males Mm -hmm. and though we've seen like personally i've seen quite a bit of evidence to suggest that many red-eyed box turtles are males Mm -hmm. i don't think it's it's not a good way to say that's definitely a male just because it has red eyes Um, but you do see that a lot as well with as long as along with as well with as i just tried to say that so many ways (laughs) can you tell it's been a while since we recorded it's fine we'll get there we're getting into the swing of it again (laughs) along with the brighter colors on the head and legs yeah sometimes they've got brighter eyes as well yeah yeah the females tend again like karina said this is not something to go with as an absolute tend to have slightly darker red or brown for their eyes yeah um, generally, you can get an indication of whether they're male or female by looking at the middle of their lower shell. Mm-hmm. Male box turtles will have a slight depression in that middle of their shell, while the females tend to have flatter shells. Again, this isn't something you can go with as an absolute. Right. It's and a, not to be mistaken with the hinge, which is right. uh, closer to the, their head, but like actually right in the middle. Yeah. Like it's their their belly button, yeah, yeah thing. It's fine, yeah. What you, what you got there? Oh, I just I still have a turtle that oh, wants you, to go in the box, but there's you a got cat a turtle. In the box. Oh my goodness, a cat oh. in the turtle box. Yep, a cat in the box turtle box. Yeah, so I can't put her in there right nope. now. Nope. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate that she has to just hang out with you. I guess. <laughs> too bad for her she just has to get all the snuggles oh yeah she's pretty grumpy about it <laughs> oh poor baby she's like so, i would like to return to my home <laughs> so cute i did not realize when i started researching box turtles that box turtles are diurnal yep 
That's so cool. Indeed. I know. Contrary to like lots of the reptiles that we've talked about before are either nocturnal or crepuscular. Mm-hmm. Reminder for folks that are just joining in, you know, everyone kind of knows what nocturnal means, but crepuscular is when they're active kind of at two different points of the day, both around sunrise and sunset. Um, and then diurnal is just the fancy word for, like us, awake during the day. Um, and box turtles are indeed most active and awake during the day. So awesome. that probably contributes to why people enjoy having them as pets so much Mm -hmm. it's really fun when you get to actually see your um your pets yeah when you don't have to stay up till two in the morning just to see your snakes exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) and in the summer especially you get to spend a lot of time with them and watching them because turtles really like to be out in the sun during the summer and female box turtles will lay their eggs in really sunny areas. Um, Mm -hmm. They will kind of seek out a nice, warm, sunny, pretty stable spot that doesn't have a lot of uh, animal traffic through it. And they'll make a little nest by digging a cavity with their hind feet and then they'll lay a couple of eggs and cover that nest up with soil. And then she's like, peace kids. Yeah. Good luck. Did my job. Hang out. I made this nice home for you. Right. I mean, it should be fine. I think it's like, I think a lot of people just know about sea turtles and how they lay eggs. And it's, it's it's how most turtles lay their eggs is that they find a good spot. They make a nice little cool protected nest and then it's home for the best for those baby turtles. Good luck, little friends. It's on your own. (laughs) And they are little too, because adult box turtles only get to be about five to six inches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How big is Gertie, do you think? Um, I would guess that she's probably four to five inches. I think Mm -hmm. she's very close to full grown if she isn't already full grown. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't actually measured her because I can't find my um, flexible, like, you know, measuring tape. Is it because I took it with me? I, I have multiple, oh, but okay. I don't Good. I don't know what happened to it. So I haven't <laughs> fully measured her, but that's my like eyeball guess. Yeah, yeah, that seems about right to me too. They have four toes on their hind legs and those are pretty powerful little hind legs, which is how they can go pretty fast mm-hmm. and they can dig pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Come in very handy, those legs. Right. Isn't that crazy how they do most of their digging with their back legs and not their front legs? Like... The females for like their nests. They're using those back legs instead yep. of using their front leg. They're yep. just like, here we go. Most Let's most of the time when we think about animals digging, we think about them really digging with their front mm-hmm. arms or paws. Um, but that's why females sometimes have longer claws on their back legs than males. Again, not like you kind of have to look at all the markers and not just assume, yeah. you know, oh, it's got long nails. <laughs> it must be a female mm-hmm. um, because they use them for digging the nest, which is crazy. <laughs> so smart though. I know. What what fabulous little creatures these yes, are. Absolutely. Fabulous. Um they lay kind of depending on the subspecies, different numbers of eggs and clutches. In general, the North American box turtles will lay their eggs between anywhere between May and July, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, June and July are the main months that they're going to be laying their eggs. Usually most of the species will only lay one clutch of eggs 
per year or per season. Mm-hmm. And the, that clutch will probably have anywhere between two and eight eggs in it. Yeah, they're not super prolific breeders. Um, so that's that's something we'll talk about a little bit later as far as having them as pets and captive, yeah. wild caught, all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, they're, you know, it's not like, they're not like a snake that can pop out 18 babies in one go. Exactly. That's not how it works for them. Nope. Mm-mm. They're so nope. little. How could they? <laughs> like, right? Yes. Yeah. And then the babies, they'll just hang out in that delicious little nest that their mom made them um, while their eggs get nice and warm and they're able to grow. And it will take a couple of months. It takes between two to three months before they'll hatch. Mm-hmm. So actually right about now is probably prime hatching season. Mm-hmm. When you'd be seeing the babies. Mm-hmm. And the beginning of, of September a little bit. Yeah. They really try to push that warm weather. They're like, we're going to, yes. we're going, you know, they do need to be able to hatch before it gets cold. Mm-hmm. But, um, but they're like, we're going to, we're going to take it as much as we can. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They want to get it as nice and strong as they can. And it's really cool because if they do wait a little too long to hatch, a lot of times they will just stay over the winter in that nest and not come out until the following spring. Right. Because it's too cold. No. Heck no. I'm not going yeah. out there. Lots of parts of the world get a lot colder than California in the yep. winter. Yep. <laughs> um, and there, no, they just, there's no way. They wouldn't survive nope. if they tried to come out. Uh-uh. No way. And the nests are several inches below the soil. So they have some good protection. They have some good retention of the warmth in there. Mm -hmm. So they should be fine. And the incubation, and this is kind of cool. So the incubation is somewhat dependent on the soil's temperature and the moisture in the soil. And the temperature in a lot of ways determines the sex of the hatchlings. Warmer nests tend to produce females while cooler nests tend to produce males. So that's a lot, you know, a lot of times um, we hear that about birds as well as about reptiles, Mm -hmm. that temperature, um, it's not something that we've fully, fully researched across all species, but it's a cool thing to think about, you know, depending, especially if you are incubating eggs, you can kind of like plan ahead and incubate them at temperatures to, to see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So you wouldn't be able to really like 100% know because it's pretty hard to tell as with most reptiles when, right. they're, when they're so young. You can't, there's no way you can know for sure. No. So uh-uh. you can just be like, I think it's supposed to be this. Yep. Let's see how it grows up. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh, another cool thing about the mating world of turtles, box turtles in particular, is that after a successful mating, a female box turtle can lay fertile eggs for up to four years. Yes. Yeah. So that was like a little scary to read about <laughs> when I when I adopted a presumably female box turtle. Right. So we'll just right. keep an eye on things. Yep. But, uh, Good luck. You, know. you might I know. be a grandma. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, such a story. You know, they can just, they retain those uh those samples mm-hmm. and can hang tight to those fertilized eggs and not lay them for quite a while which is great because that means that if conditions are suboptimal for successful hatchings mm-hmm. she can just hold off and be like mm, it's cool i'll wait yeah I'll bide my time 
that, you know, a short summer or just like it just wasn't a good time. Or- yeah, maybe there's a ton of smoke and ash in the air. Yeah. Maybe there's civil unrest and a <laughs> terrifying world out there. Yeah, yeah. And she, she might says, be very upset about the civil unrest. Right. She might just say, I'm going to wait until after the election to lay these eggs. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is not a political podcast. We do talk about animals here. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Oh. now uh, what another thing that surprised me is that box turtles I I knew that turtles have quite the longevity Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I've been thinking most box turtles live about 20 to 30 years Mm -hmm. but they don't even reach maturity until 10 to 20 years yeah so then they live usually from 20 to 40 years in the wild And there are records of some having reached up to a hundred years. Yeah. The, the age ranges are insane because people would like, if you were keeping a box turtle in captivity or you found one in the wild and it was, you know, 35, say 35 years old, uh, 40 years old, and it passed away of, of, you know, age related medical problems. People would still think that's a nice long life and it's totally acceptable. And you were a good caretaker for, for that turtle's life, but also they could live significantly longer. Yep. Like how insane is that to, to have such a range to just be like, I'm going to do my best for as long as I can. Yep. And uh, and hope that I have one that's genetically predisposed to living longer. Who knows? Yes, Who really absolutely. Yeah, you know, and that's part of the, we know. We know we've seen this across all wild animals. Is that the data for their lifespans is significantly skewed by you know how often they can be prematurely killed in the wild. Yep. Yep. Um, not only by humans, which unfortunately is a big thing for a lot of animals mm-hmm. and human intervention and those dangers and predators, but also like all kinds of diseases and, and right. parasites and things that can happen outside or can happen in captivity. It's really hard to know in optimal conditions, how long will these turtles live? But yeah. the answer is a long, long time, just like all other turtles and tortoises. Yep. A Do long your time. research yeah. before <laughs> investing and they're adding so cute a when they little, but they are a life partner yep. to your household. Yeah. If, if perhaps you have recently been um, reigniting your romance with your high school love who you were separated from because your, her family thought that you weren't good enough for her and you went your separate ways and had separate families and children, but circumstances in life brought you back together when you were both newly single and you're reigniting the chemistry there and perhaps you um you have a daughter and she has a daughter and they babysit together um perhaps don't get your girlfriend a turtle or a tortoise uh, maybe this, don't uh, that took me way too long presumably to to understand that was a babysitter's club reference wow i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> i'm pretty sure that that is trademarked content i just made up an example oh gotcha gotcha okay yeah <laughs> My God, that was long-winded. <laughs> yeah, don't give turtles as gifts. We'll go into we'll go into our whole thing more later, but don't don't do it. Don't do it. No, don't do it. Back to those babies. If you Better. are thinking, hey, I live in a part of the U.S. where or North America where there are box turtles around, and it's hatching season. Maybe I'll go see if I can see any of them. Good luck. <laughs> right. 
but they're tiny and they have pretty dark coloration. So they blend in really dang well they with their surroundings. They can hide, man. Yep. And they will hide. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you see one, cool. Awesome. But Take a picture and absolutely. go along with your day with a big yep. smile. Yes. You are one of the chosen of the turtles. Exactly. You are a friend of turtles who has yes. been blessed by this vision of a turtle baby. Yes. But don't count on it, friend. Yeah. <laughs> don't plan for box turtles to be one of the one of your herping wish list. No. <laughs> no. And and very good luck to you if it is. Yeah. Oh, uh, they they do hibernate for the cold seasons. Mm-hmm. In northern regions, they um, will bury themselves in stream bottoms, stump holes, mammal burrows, anything that's really nice and secure and safe, and they can dig down nice and deep and stay warm throughout the the cold season. Um, some of the box turtles in the wild have even been observed hibernating in the same place year after year so they'll nice. remember that place worked out really well for me i'm gonna go back and and chill right. there again this year right so very cool well that makes sense too because they're you know the whole space that they choose to wander throughout their life is not it's not huge because they are no. such small turtles no yes you know, they got yep. they have their home range and it's not it's not extremely large yep absolutely I have a couple of just little random interesting things if you want to hear some. Go for it. So most eastern box turtles, like you were saying, have permanent home ranges that they stick to, like their own little territory. Right. And the juvenile turtles will often have small temporary home areas, and then they'll expand as they get older. Right. Like and if, circles on a tree. A little exactly. Bit every year. Yep. And just like if you found a feral cat or a stray cat in the wild and you took it away from its home and then you released it somewhere else, that poor thing would try to get back to its original home and it would be much more dangerous for them than just leaving it where you saw it. Exactly. Cause you mm-hmm. never know at what area in their territory they yep. are at the moment. So yep. even if you only locate them two blocks down where you see a pond that could be out of their home territory and it will yes. very much confuse them and when they're unfamiliar and they don't know what predators or what dangers might be around and how to avoid them, um, you can put them in a very, very dangerous place because they won't stay there. They'll try and go home. Exactly. Yep. Like a drunk girl in the middle, like at <laughs> three in the morning, just leave them at home. I just want to go home. <laughs> in the bathroom, in my neighboring apartment where I could hear just... Oh. Just take her home. Yep. (laughs) So fun. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) And just like that drunk girl, (laughs) the box turtles, while they enjoy warm weather, they can't take intense amounts of heat. So they will seek out the shade in the middle of the day and be a little bit more active in the cooler parts of the day. Yeah. But convenient for them, they can retain water really, really well. They can, in fact, retain water better than most aquatic turtles. Which means, right? But it makes sense because that means that they can um, manage in the wild through short dry spells. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And not not dry out because they are land turtles. I'm not sure if we talked about that at all, but they're, they're land. 
Yes, they are <laughs> land like, turtles. Yeah, we, yeah. We, <laughs> you're right. It's okay. I have a note about that. It's all In good. Fact, <laughs> all box turtles, both Asian and North American, are land dwellers except for mm. one subspecies, which is the Coahuilan. Coahuilan. Ooh, fun. Box turtles. And they are mostly aquatic. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I know. Because, you know, people hear turtle and they assume that right. it's swimming around. And right. that is not always the case. Not in this case, friends. Box turtles being a prime example mm-hmm. of, you know, they are turtles. Yep. They are don't, not tortoises. Don't put them in the water. They'll yeah. be sad. And then yeah. you'll be sad. Yeah. Though yeah. I did see a video of a box turtle swimming that was really stinking cute. You know, they're was not it? aquatic turtles, but they I don't think they would immediately drown. No. <laughs> um, no. Now, that might have just been that one individual turtle, but it was really cute. <laughs> cute. Aww. Yeah. So across most of North America, there are not too significant dwindling numbers in the population numbers for box turtles, but in some areas, the eastern box turtle is considered um, a species of special concern. And in particular, in Maine, the box turtles that are in that area are listed as endangered. Oh, poor baby. Yeah. And unsurprisingly, some of the things that are the biggest threats to them are habitat loss. Mm-hmm. Pets, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, dogs especially, mm-hmm. um, other types of predators in the wild like raccoons, traffic incidents, and collection for the pet trade. Yep. Yay. This is why you buy captive. Yes. And also, this is why you are just aware of native animals and how different things in your life impact them and how mm-hmm. you can do more to help them as an individual. So great. So Karina, do you want to tell us a little bit about caring for a box turtle? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, I'd be happy to. This is how we decided to break up this episode a little bit because I had done a good amount of this research ahead of time before Mm -hmm. acquiring my turtle. So (laughs) first thing, couple of disclaimers right off the bat, right? We've already kind of mentioned it, but turtles are super long living animals. There's a reason that we did not get a turtle or tortoise when we were first getting into reptiles. You know, we looked at those 15 to 30 year lifespans of the snakes and lizards that we did get and felt comfortable making that commitment. Exactly. Um, And committing, especially when we were still living in apartments and renting and not knowing what our next steps in lives were and where we might live in the future, um, committing to an animal that was likely going to live the rest of our lives Mm -hmm. um, didn't really make sense to either of us, even though they are obviously extremely cute. And uh, so cool. And fun to keep. So that's something to just keep in mind is, is please be very aware that right now more turtles are in the pet trade than belong in the pet trade. More people are getting their hands on turtles and tortoises than have business owning them. That's just a fact. Um, there's so many sulcatas. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> so it's very likely that a turtle is not the right choice for you. Mm-hmm. However, if you, you know, if you as a family have decided 
we know that this turtle might be passed down across multiple generations, but we're, we're all excited about it. We've got a lot of reptile lovers and we're ready yeah. to provide long-term care. Then we're here to help you out and here to, to point you towards more resources. So first thing is always consider, you know, their lifespan yep. and then consider next step, um, captive bred always with reptiles, captive bred versus wild caught. Now, Super as a important. general rule of thumb, we here at CritterCast always, always emphasize obtaining a captive bred individual. Just mm-hmm. for your peace of mind, firstly, more often you're going to get a healthy, well-bred animal that doesn't have unknown parasites from living out in the wild. You're going to have an animal that might be more predisposed to taming down and you know tolerating more handling than a wild-caught mm-hmm. individual and is going to be less stressed by you know moving into your home and, and being part of your family and less likely to get sick during that introductory period. Yeah. So on a personal level all great reasons to seek out a captive bred individual. Mm-hmm. Um, on, a, on a global level, as mentioned, a lot of box turtles are a problem. You know, they're, they're being threatened in their native habitat because they're not particularly threatening. They're not particularly aggressive. They're so small. They're very easy to catch. Um, and they've been exploited in the pet trade for many years because yeah. they are a small species of turtle. They're a land turtle, so you don't have to deal with tanks. There's a lot of pros to a box turtle. If you've already narrowed it down to a turtle or tortoise, there's a lot of pros to a box turtle specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they're so easy to catch, they have become you know really popularly wild caught. But the more that we do that, the less we see them in the wild, the less likely they are to survive as a species. And we don't want to do that. Um, And the less likely they are to survive in your home, too, because they might be sick. They might be stressed. They're just not going to thrive the same way they would if they were left in their home territory. So please, you know, do your research when you know where you're getting a box turtle from. Get it from a breeder. You know, if you do happen, uh, Gertrude was actually found um, as a stray. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. In in our area where, you know, we're in Northern California, we don't have box turtles native to no. California. So even if at one point she was a wild caught individual, there is no way to safely get her back to the wild. Plus her personality, she's very social with people, very interactive, mm-hmm. not at all afraid of anyone or anything, um, tells us that she was most likely a captive bred baby or at yeah. least has been in captivity for a long, long time and got yeah. used to it. So, you know, if you, if you happen to find a rescue like that from a rescue organization or a shelter, then it doesn't really matter what their original, you know, plan was because there's no way for them to go back to the wild. But if you're seeking out purchasing from a store or, you know, a breeder or a reptile show, make sure that you know that you're getting a captive bred individual, not just a captive born individual, because a lot of times... Yes, that turtle might be okay, um, but you're supporting a breeder that supports them being captured from the wild and then bred, you know, or stealing eggs from the wild. Like, this is not something that you want to support. So Mm-mm. it usually costs more to get a captive bred individual and especially a baby because they've, you know, breeders have put a lot of time and effort into their care, mm-hmm. but it is well worth the money. If you are, you know, if you're ready and committed and, and waiting for a baby, it's well worth the money. 
Yeah. Um, so those are just some quick disc. I mean, they weren't that quick, but those are my disclaimers on <laughs> before you get a turtle. And as you are getting a turtle, these are things to consider. Now, once you've already decided you're getting a turtle and you've decided that you're getting a captive bred, you have it all lined up where you're going to get it from. It's always important, as with any pet, to make sure that you are ready before you bring your individual pet home. We at CritterCast have made mistakes We have procured animals before procuring their habitats. We have done that. We've made that mistake. You don't have to make it. It's a lot harder to bring home your cute little animal and leave it sitting in a tiny box as you frantically put together an environment and wait for the temperatures to get there. Just have it set up and ready to go and then get your animal. And then it's just very easy to place them in. Very easy. So much less stress for you and for them. Right? Don't don't be us. Don't do that. (laughs) Secondly, think about where you live. So there's this big, you know, discussion topic with all turtles and tortoises inside or outside. Most of the reptiles that we've talked about, we talk about setting them up in indoor enclosures because Mm -hmm. it's the best way to try and mimic their home environment, right? But despite their small size, turtles, box turtles, really need much more space than you would think. Absolutely. A lizard of that size, like a small gecko, would be perfectly happy in, you know, a 20-gallon, 30-gallon long um, enclosure for the entirety of its life. And you could have, you know, a good temperature gradient, and they would be none the wiser that there was, like, more to life. (laughs) Um, Box (gasps) turtles, no. They know there's more space. They know it's out there. Even (laughs) if they're determined to get there. Even if they can't see it, but especially if they can see it, oh boy, you know, they need a lot of space. They're very active. They're, they're very wander. So providing that space inside can be tricky. Um, and also, you know, we can recreate natural sunlight and, and all the, all the UVB they need to properly process their, um, you know, to, to create their D3 and process their calcium. We can put UVB lighting on reptiles. It's done a lot, but it is a lot easier to just build them an acceptable enclosure outside and let the natural sunlight do its job. Yes. Granted, if you live in a space where you don't have a yard, you don't have an outdoor space, or you live um, in a part of the world where your temperatures are not sufficient for your turtle Mm -hmm. year round or most of the year, then you may need to have an indoor setup. You might also just, again, double check, go through that checklist of, should I get a turtle? Right. It might not be right for you. But if you, you know, if you live in one of those areas where several months out of the year, it is good for a turtle. And then you kind of just have a couple months, um, you know, you can, you can make it work. You can build an indoor enclosure. We would recommend um, against uh, anything see-through. So no glass tanks or terrariums, nothing like that. You really want something like a a handmade tortoise table, which there's a lot of good. Why is that that we would prefer not to have see-through anything? Ah, yes, because like I like I mentioned, mm-hmm. if they can see through it, they will continually <laughs> try go. to get through it. Sure. And a turtle will spend all day ramming their head into a glass or see-through plastic bin trying to get out because they know that they can go out. Or they'll try to climb it, um, and they are surprisingly good climbers. So be very aware. You know, they got I'm- mad 
skills, folks. They really Mad do. Skills. They dig, they climb, they ram, they run. They are way better yep. at escaping than anyone gives them credit for. Mm-hmm. All turtles and tortoises, but especially deceivingly tiny box turtles, <laughs> are very, very good at escaping, um, which is likely how I got mine. Because, <laughs> yep. you know, she's smart. She's got it. Um, so yes, building, building like a tortoise table inside, which is essentially kind of just a, you know, a table that has four walls to it. You can build them as fancy. Some people put like multiple layers on them and, um, and other people keep it simple. Um, and then filling that up with diggable safe substrate, Mm -hmm. um, something like a topsoil or a coconut fiber or a mix of those two, a mix of moss, depending on your individual species, humidities range. So like an ornate box turtle, the areas of the United States they're from, um, they can tolerate a lower humidity than an eastern box turtle needs it, or a Florida box turtle because they're right. from Florida. So they need, you know, they a need that humidity, high humidity. Absolutely. So when you're when you're thinking about what substrate to put in there, just keep that, you know, what how much humidity do they need in mind? But there's sure. a lot of really cool resources. That's another thing is before you build your enclosure, make sure you know which species you're getting because the care does vary. Um, I, I didn't do a ton of research into care of every single species of box turtle. That just felt like it would have taken more time than it was worth. Personally, I focused my research on ornates because that's what I have. Three-toed box turtles are also very common to keep in captivity. So that's another one you see a lot. And eastern box turtles as well, though we did talk sure. about how um, they are they tend to be more endangered. So be really, really careful when you are obtaining an eastern box turtle yeah, specifically. Definitely. And make sure um, it's legal to own them in the state that you're yeah, in. Yeah. So that's something too, is that they are illegal to own in a lot of states where they're native. Mm-hmm. You are not supposed to keep them because that's their way of making sure that people aren't just taking them from the wild and keeping them as pets, right? Yeah. So, uh, there are some places where, like, you know, if there's an injured one or one that can't be released to the wild, you can obtain a special permit to own and care for that one. But but that's good. So, you know, there are ways to make safe indoor enclosures. But if it's possible, building an outdoor enclosure is the best thing you can do. And it's actually very, very easy because you can do something as simple as a raised garden bed. Or it doesn't even have to be raised if you dig down into the dirt so that they can't just dig underneath and, and get their way out. Um, you can build them something right there on the ground. You can build something elevated. It doesn't even have to be a garden box, but you again, want to make sure that it's solid. So you don't want to just put them in like a chain link, you know, dog pen. You want to make sure Mm -hmm. it's something that they can't see through and they can't get through. Um, some people do just let their box turtles have run of their whole yard. Um, and they, you know, put lots of fun things in there as lovely as that is. Keep in mind, predators are a real danger for these guys. Things like raccoons and skunks and dogs and neighborhood cats um, will happily munch on these guys. So if you are going to give your box turtle full run of your yard, you have to predator-proof your whole yard. So, um, so those are so those are things to really think about. Different substrates. You know, there's lots of plants that are safe to plant in turtle enclosures, or you could do fake plants, just like in most other things. Sure. As long as your turtle isn't the kind of turtle to, um, you know, try and eat fake plants. Keep an eye on your individual turtle. And diet for box turtles is pretty similar to a lot of other omnivorous reptiles. So they eat both animal matter and plant matter. They especially love earthworms, night crawlers. Any kind of feeder insects that you can get your hands on are generally pretty safe for them. Um, 
we have a hard time getting a hold of earthworms and night crawlers in our area right now. There just seems to be kind of a shortage. So oh. we've been feeding mealworms and hornworms and waxworms, and she loves them all. So there oh, you great. go. We Excellent. tried crickets. Um, you know, unsurprisingly, crickets were not a win. Uh, huh. I really don't think most reptiles love crickets, nope. but nope. there you go. And then, so that's a 60% of their diet should be animal matter. So feeder okay. insects is great. Some people do also feed them, you know, like cooked meat. You can give it a try, but I think insects are easiest in the wild. You know, they eat things that they can easily find in the ground. So worms and slugs and snails, anything that they can kind of get their little grubby hands on. They, they generally have very good appetites. So 60% plant matter and then 30%, um, 30% vegetables. Now, mm-hmm. not all of that. They can't eat all vegetables. And there's, right. oh, there's always going to be a range of what's, what's okay to feed regularly, what should be fed sparingly, what's maybe an occasional treat, and what's really not okay to feed ever. Um, and that's all just about vitamin and mineral levels and not wanting to push too much of any one thing. So mm-hmm. there, are, there are a few fruits, vegetables, and greens that are... Um, that are dangerous because they have like toxicity levels. Right. But for the most part, a lot of it is just about moderation. And just like with a human, you know, you shouldn't eat too much of one thing. It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for the turtle either. So 60% animal matter, 30% vegetables, and then 20% leafy greens, um, which a lot of them are very similar to what other other reptiles eat as far as leafy greens go, you know, stay away from iceberg lettuce and uh, kale because they just aren't great for animals or anyone. Kale, Kale, yeah, is not a great choice for turtles and tortoises because it has, um, no, it just has high levels of phosphorus, um, which binds calcium and makes it harder for them to digest. All right. So, and I could be wrong about it being phosphorus that's responsible for that, but it is about binding calcium and just making it harder for them to process that. Mm -hmm. So you should stay away from kale, Um, but things like dandelion greens and collard greens and mustard Mm -hmm. greens, those dark leafy greens, a little bit of romaine lettuce here and there, um, is those are all safe to feed. And then the the rest 10% should be fruits and they love fruits, berries, melons, um, all kinds of fun fruits. Are, and if you have A-okay. never watched a turtle eat strawberries, do it now. <laughs> it's stop. really stinking cute. Well, wait till you're done listening to this episode, mm-hmm. but then immediately go to YouTube. Yeah. And look for the videos because they're so cute. Yeah. Specifically, I think box turtles have really cute faces and watching mm-hmm. them eat mm-hmm. is adorable. But That's any good. fruit I put in there, hounding for them. I've yes. done strawberries, raspberries, blueberries. Watermelon? Um, plum from my tree in the backyard. Ooh, I always take nice. the pit out for her. And I haven't only tried watermelon if you don't put yet. pesticides on your, right, on your right. yard. So as far as, you know, feeder insects, if you don't use pesticides in your yard and you can dig up earthworms, those are safe to feed. Um, nice. There is information that we shouldn't feed um the big red wigglers that they use a lot of times in like fish um, bait Mm, and stuff like that. Um, And composting worms are most often these like red wigglers because they um, can secrete uh, a liquid that can be toxic to Mm. turtles. So um, it's recommended to just stick to plain old earthworms or, um, or, you know, slugs and that kind of 
that kind of stuff, which is why it's been hard to find them because it's a lot easier to find composting worms. But if they're not 100% safe to feed, I don't want to risk it. So, Mm-mm. and it's too dry and hot to search for earthworms in my backyard, right? Yeah, now. I know. definitely. <laughs> um, when you keep box turtles in captivity, it is okay if you have the optimal environment to allow them to brumate, hibernate throughout mm-hmm. those cold months. As long as you um, can let them do it naturally and let them burrow down and you don't bug them and you don't bother them and you have uh, temperatures that aren't too cold um, or too warm and they confuse them, they should survive through a hibernation just fine. If okay. you are really babies, they don't recommend hibernating right away their first year because they need some time to grow. Um, so keeping them inside and keeping their temperatures optimal and not dropping their temperatures down can help. Um, Some people do bring their box turtles inside for hibernation while others leave them outside, again, depending on your temperatures. The area that we live in is moderate and people in our area keep them successfully outside year round and allow them to hibernate and brumate naturally, which is awesome. Excellent. That's something that's one downside, right? They're very active. They're cute. They can really get to know you. They know you mean food. So they'll come running up to you um, expecting food. They've got really quirky little personalities, but most, if you let them brumate, there's going to be several months out of the year that you just don't see your turtle. So it's an upside to not having to feed them and, you know, do a ton with their enclosure for a couple of months, but also you don't get to see your turtle for a couple of months, which is kind of a bummer. But, you know, if you've got other pets, you'll be, you'll be fine. Will you though? Will you? I don't know. Will you? <laughs> um, I'm not going to go into too much detail on um, specifics of like temperature ranges and lighting requirements because a that's very specific to keeping them indoors and b it can range so much from species to species i don't want anyone to get confused and um and do the wrong care so just make sure that you look up those specifics but overall you know longevity lifelong commitments of these guys having to feed live insects if that makes you squirmish um and really needing to give them a significant amount of space that is one thing i'll mention is um usually it's recommended that you give them I think at least um at least two square feet per inch of shell I think is what's recommended okay might be rough but like so for Gertrude she's one female box turtle that is probably between four and five inches and I built her a six foot by three foot enclosure it's plenty spacious for her, but I also let her out to roam an even bigger area every day because that makes her happy. Um, ideally, I, I think in the long run, I'll probably build her a much bigger enclosure that she so she doesn't have to come out every day and has more space to move. But they need a ways when they're outside, you know, placing it where they get good sunlight in the morning. But then during the afternoon, they're not in full direct sunlight. They have places to hide. They've got shade, whether that's from plants and hides or just naturally in your yard. Trees are providing shade um, so that they can cool down is really good, too. They need water dishes that are shallow and large enough for them to soak in because they will soak in there every day and they will generally poop in there every day. So you have to clean it out every day. She does that for me, just like a, just like she should. Takes a little bath, does her little poop, and then climbs out of it. And then what I have a to good clean girl. it as you <laughs> as you do. Um, 
Um, but you know, I, it's been, I've only had her for a few weeks and it's been a joy so far. And then Aww. just the, the start of a nice long life together, these guys. Aww. And it's always recommended as with all pets, including reptiles that you have a good exotics veterinarian, um, nearby and that you do general health checks with them the same way you do with your cats and dogs. When you first get them, it's always a good idea to bring a stool sample in Definitely. To parasites. And the instant that you have any idea that anything is wrong, call your vet. Please yep. do not go on Google. Please don't go on Facebook groups. Call your veterinarian. Yep. Because shell health, sure. as we talked about, super, super important. Yes. Um, as far as box turtles and kids go, they can make great companions for kids. Mm-hmm. But kids interacting with turtles should always be supervised. And turtles interacting with kids. Yes, absolutely. You never yeah. know what those little things are going to do. Mm-hmm. My goodness. No <laughs> uh, so they're small and they're cute. Uh, if they do bite, you know, because all animals can bite. Absolutely. If they do bite, it's not going to do significant damage or hurt. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to, it doesn't mean that it won't hurt a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean that they won't bite because if something's moving like an insect, they might just give it a try. You and know? little fingers, little move cute like, fingers. Move like worms, you yeah. know? Um, and as we talked about, the shell is part of the turtle's body. It's part of them. Um, and when turtles are flipped upside down or held upside down for too long, the weight of their body is actually Mm -hmm. crushing their lungs and they cannot breathe. Now, if a turtle were to flop over uh, on accident, it's trying to climb something, it falls over. If you've got their enclosure set up correctly, they should be able to flip themselves back around without too much effort. However, if you have a kid that's carrying it around on its back or holding it the wrong way for a long time um it can do a lot of damage and they can they can end up um having lung and respiratory problems which is no bueno at all um they can also be easily frightened and stressed out by too much handling in general they're not you know they're not pets to be carried around and snuggled and um you know and and walked around all the time they're you don't you can't put a harness on them you can't um you really have to have safe ways to contain them in their outdoor exploring time just building an enclosure now they are like some of them are a little bit more personable so like i can pick up gertrude and i can pet her little shell and every once in a while she'll even let me kind of very very gently pet her tiny little head but i try to refrain from it because it it stresses her out it's not what she likes um and you don't want an animal living in stress all the time. It's just not yep. good for them. And it's really tempting with tiny turtles to just yep. like do whatever you want with them. And um, just because they're good natured and they don't have a ton of offensive abilities doesn't mean that you should take advantage of their tolerance yeah. and push them into a stressful situation. Absolutely. So definitely always, you know, and they can be dropped. And mm-hmm. even though they've got those nice hard shells, if their shell gets damaged or hurt, they can suffer serious health. Um, oh, consequences. yeah. And they should absolutely be kept away from other pets as much as possible. And if they are around other pets for a short amount of time, they should be highly supervised. So, you know, when Gertrude is allowed to free roam, I obviously have cats and dogs. So I follow her around and make sure the the cats and dogs don't go anywhere near her. Um, And she does not have to defend herself. That's my job is I keep them away. I shut them away while she gets to be out. Um, sometimes, you know, if she's out running in the backyard, I follow her around and and call the dogs away and physically move them away if I have to, every time they try to follow her or get too interested in her. Um, but yeah, dog bites are really, really dangerous. And even a small dog can do a lot of damage for them. 
Um, scale rot is something to keep out. Um, and mm-hmm. shell rot is a really, really big thing. Respiratory issues, if their humidity is not right. right. Um, ear abscesses, ear infections, all kinds of crazy <sighs> things. So always, always keep an eye out on your turtle's habits and health. And if anything looks yep. different or they're acting different at all, that's if an immediate their appetite changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And don't, don't hesitate to call that vet. Yeah. They can't tell us they're in pain the same way dogs and cats yeah. do. They don't, they vocalize a tiny bit. They'll squeak when they're angry. Little, little squeak, little hiss. Um, but, but you know, there sometimes yeah. their beaks need to be trimmed um, or right. their nails if you don't provide the appropriate surfaces. Right. So if you provide the appropriate surfaces, like a nice hard stone or ceramic feeding dish for them to scrape their beak up against as they're eating, then you shouldn't need to trim it. Um, but if for some reason their beak gets too long, they do need to be trimmed because they'll just keep growing and growing and that can be a big problem for yeah, them too. Yeah, for sure. And even though they're probably... I mean, I, I guess I can see how it would be tempting. Don't decorate your turtle's shell. No. Yeah. Nope. So there are some things that you can safely do in order to try and help identify your turtle should it ever go missing. Right. There are some safe things that you can put on the outside of a turtle, um, but it's usually, you know, one small mark that yes. stay there for many, many years. But allowing your kids to draw on, paint, glue, gel polish, yeah, right. bedazzle, all horrible, terrible things. If you, if there is a need to mark your box turtle, you have to use non-toxic things mm-hmm. like you would for children. Um, but yeah, don't, God, no, don't do that. Nope. And it needs to be, like you said, just a little tiny area because right. they absorb sunlight mm-hmm. through their shells right? and nutrients and all sorts of other things. So if they're, yeah. if you're blocking that with lacquer or with something else, even if it is non-toxic, right. they're still going to be incredibly unsafe. Right, right. Yeah, turtles, um, not as much as like fish and amphibians, but all reptiles do absorb a certain amount of moisture and nutrients from their skin, including Mm -hmm. their shell. So it's really important not to mess with that. Yep. It was really helpful information. It is. It both makes me want a turtle and also be like, oh my gosh, I'm nowhere near responsible enough for a turtle. I like, straight up have to write a will now for my turtle. Yes, you like, do. Just in case. Yep. Who's inheriting your be, turtle? Right. She could be five or six, but also she could be 20. I don't know. Yep. And she could live to 40 or she could live to 90. I'm yep. not going to live another 90 years. I'm already old. You hope. Like it's not going <laughs> to happen. That's true. <laughs> um, here on episode 59 of CritterCast, forgive us. Please have patience with us if things were a little rough or if we you know, went on strange tangents or we didn't go on enough tangents. Like we just accurate going to take us a little bit to adjust to being back in the swing of things. But this is us saying to you, we fully intend to continue making episodes on a biweekly basis. That's right. Um, Welcome to season two (laughs) on official season two of CritterCast starting randomly with episode 59. Um, Life goes on and we are still here to bring you those critter facts. And to spread the love of all types of different critters, specifically today, we hope you leave this episode with a fresh love of box turtles. That's right. 
and uh and we'll be posting lots of gertrude information yay we'll post information um i've got some videos of me building her enclosure mm-hmm. and so i can we can share lots of information about box turtles on our social media over the and next weeks. we'll work on adding a box turtle care sheet to our website where we yep. have other reptile care sheets thank you guys so so much for listening if you don't already know where to find us uh cassie where can they find us well they can find us on facebook at CritterCast. They can find us on Twitter at CastCritter. They can find us on Instagram at CritterCast Podcast. And they can find us on YouTube at CritterCast mm-hmm. and on our website at CritterCastPodcast.com. All the fun places. So all much the places fun. where you can find all of our episodes. Also, of course, across all your favorite streaming platforms literally all of them. I won't even list them. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Um, You can listen to all of our previous episodes, find all of our previous videos, blog posts, just enjoy that, you know, get, get all rehyped for CritterCast because we're back and we're here to stay. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining us. We love you so much. We know that CritterCast listeners are the type of people that would never remove a turtle from the wild. They just wouldn't do it. They would take a picture And leave it even happier than they had found it. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. This is the CritterCast Podcast.